today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. A couple of weeks ago, we brought you this story, and, and it has to do with uh, medical marijuana dispensaries and uh, the new cannabis legislation. And, of course, with that comes the sidebar story about illegal operations. And uh, we know that on our discussions with Hamilton Chief of Police Eric Gert, that uh, Hamilton Police, as other police services have done, are, are very active in closing down these illegal, illegal shops. Uh, and uh, what we found was apparently uh, a number of, uh, of the medical dispensaries are also being shut down or attempted to be shut down. Uh, and we talked with Jack Lloyd, who is a lawyer representing uh, patients for access to medical marijuana, about this a couple of weeks ago. Well, apparently it's uh, not getting any better. In fact, I would suggest that uh, some of the stories I've heard, it's uh, it's getting worse. I don't know if this is a misunderstanding between police and, and the uh, dispensaries. But uh, there's something going on here, and uh, it seems as if the people caught in the middle here are the people that actually need the medical marijuana. So I wanted to bring Jack back on. Jack Lloyd is uh, the lawyer that has been representing those patients, and uh, we're uh, pleased to welcome him back to the Bill Kelly Show. Jack, thank you so much for the time. It's great to have you with us again today. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it very much. Well, when you talked to us a, a week or two ago, we talked about the, the circumstance, and, and, and maybe for those listeners that didn't hear that interview, uh, there's, there's something about the loft chick decision, and, 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 and that's having an impact on there. I, and again, I, I'll get your, your thoughts on whether or not this is, this is being misinterpreted by police. Uh, maybe you could just give us a little background as to where the, the lay of the land is now. Uh, well, currently under the Provincial Cannabis Control Act 2017, uh, there's a closure order power associated with uh, police enforcement. So police now, it, it's curious, they have no, they don't have that power in relation to any other activity, but they have the power to change the locks on a premises and they won't release uh, the premises until um, a landlord comes forward and uh, an order comes either from the Ontario Court of Justice or the, the Superior Court of Justice. So there's a mechanism in place now to lock out um, illegal cannabis dispensaries. The dispute uh, doesn't have to do with illegal recreational cannabis dispensaries. Really, the only fight has to do with where very sick people access their medicine. And so... Uh, the confusion arises because there was an order from the Superior Court in Hamilton that allowed a shop to stay open only for medical purposes. And the police's position is that the police's position is that um, uh, medical cannabis, or rather, sorry, the police position um, is that that order uh, doesn't apply to the new legislation. So essentially, the province has legislated around uh, a court order, which, uh, it, on that legal view, is somewhat problematic, but. At its core, um, the the issue remains the same, and that issue is whether or not medical cannabis patients ought to be allowed on an interim basis until the government program has storefronts, whether or not uh, police should be allowed to, to simply lock out um, compassion clubs, and currently they are. So their view is that the power extends uh, not just against recreational shops, but also against medical cannabis compassion clubs. And so... Uh, likely there will be some litigation. It's, it's, uh, in my view, uh, essentially a parallel proceeding in that this issue was before the courts and uh, the province, uh, the federal government, uh, declined to participate in the action. Instead, they, they essentially got legislation in place that went around the potential litigation. So um, this is... What I suspect is that patients are going to have to go back to court in order to ensure that 
uh, there were safe places for them to access their medicine. The real concern is that when you look at the provincial legislation, its goal is to essentially get rid of the black market and protect public health and safety. And why this is really very troubling to medical cannabis patients is that every time uh, a safe, clean, well-lit space where they access their medicine is is locked out, uh, they're forced to go to the street to access their medicine, which is, is completely contrary to public health and safety because it puts a financially and medically vulnerable group of people at the mercy of uh, a street-level uh, dealer who also may be dealing other drugs other than cannabis. And the secondary aspect is is if, if the government's goal, which it has stated at, at federal and provincial levels of government, is to eradicate the black market, um, really shutting down uh, uh, the medical cannabis compassion clubs, frustrates that goal because patients have to go to the black market to access their medical cannabis. And that's been featured in the news quite frequently because there's a very serious supply issue for uh, cannabis. In fact, uh, the the minister in Ontario, Mr. Fideli, uh, explicitly stated this, that the feds are essentially the federal program isn't producing enough cannabis for the market. And that's why we're only seeing 25 cannabis stores in all of Ontario. And what's very curious about that is there's a very, very good chance that of the seven licenses awarded to what's called, this is for recreational cannabis, but of the seven licenses awarded for the Western region, none have thus far stated they're going to exist in Hamilton, which again means that this large community of people who (laughs) would, you know, they would be thrilled to have a shop that the police can't just shut down indiscriminately. uh, They're not going to have that. Um, from that's the sense that, that we're getting right now as the lottery unfolds. So April 1 was when these stores were supposed to open, but it's looking like, A, they will be quite a bit later than that, and B, Hamilton won't have one in the first place. So uh, you, through one side of their mouth, the government is saying eradicate the black market, and through the other side of their mouth, they are relying on uh, gray market uh, uh, cannabis access in order to make sure that the constitutional rights of this community of uh, critically and chronically ill people uh, have access to their medicine. So a massively complex situation. But uh, what I'm hopeful of is that some sort of discretion is going to be implemented by police or Hamilton City Council ops to, to draft, which they have the power to do, to zone and license on a temporary basis, at the very least, compassion clubs so that police have some clear guidance on which shops are uh, only medical and which shops are, are simply uh, providing recreational cannabis to the public. Jack, we should touch on, on I know you brought this up a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's very germane to the discussion here uh, about the importance of, of, of the shops themselves. Uh, because I, I know when you and I had this discussion a while ago, some people responded and said, look, they can just buy the stuff online. What's the big deal? Uh, first of all, not everybody who needs it uh, and has it prescribed for them has credit cards. If you don't have a credit card, you can't buy anything online. You can't pay cash online. Uh, some of them right. don't even have a fixed address to, to have this thing mailed to, uh, depending on their, their individual circumstances. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a real need for these storefronts, uh, and I, I think that's obviously what uh, Justice Lofchick was, was talking about when he made his ruling, and that's, I referenced that at the beginning of our conversation. Uh, and that seems to be the sticking point right now, is that, uh, is that the police service are interpreting the, the, the legislation that was passed and simply saying, no, we, we, we know those storefronts are not supposed to be happening, so don't, I don't care what you're selling, we're going to shut you down. That, I know I'm paraphrasing what they're saying right now, but that seems to be the gist of it. 
Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, the way that they're applying it is if you are not what's called a licensed producer or a federally licensed commercial producer of uh, cannabis for the medical and or recreational markets, then uh, then their view is that they can shut you down using Section 18. And so that's, in a sense, the baby being thrown out with bathwater in this situation. Hamilton is unique in that it's got a very serious uh, housing crisis with very large numbers of people who live in assisted living facilities, who live in um, temporary housing, homeless shelters, and uh, also groups of people who are uh, what's called precariously housed, which means they, they don't have housing security and they move frequently. And it makes it next to impossible for them to utilize the mail order program. And, and I'll just note as well, and this is part of the hypocrisy that's very frustrating for this community of people is that the privacy commissioner explicitly stated that if you're concerned about access to information on how you're purchasing and whether you're purchasing cannabis through the recreational stream, which is where people are being told to go, then you should use cash. Of course, you can't use cash when you purchase online. So uh, people are caught between a rock and a hard place. And what's not helping is the use of these closure orders essentially to drive people back to the street to access this vital medicine. From a legal standpoint, uh, Jack, let, let's let's talk about uh, what seems to be the conflicting philosophies here. And and, and maybe uh, we did talk about the Lopchik ruling. Uh, and the police, of course, are saying, well, you know, I, I guess what they're doing is basically ignoring that and simply saying, yeah, well, that the legislation supersedes that and, and it doesn't include that. Uh, it seems as if you've got clashing uh, legal philosophies here about how this uh, should actually go forth. Um Certainly, uh, well, that's what lawyers do, is they have different interpretations of uh, various uh, legal precedents. Uh, each side has a case, certainly. Um, my focus really is just on harm to medical cannabis patients, and there is quite a bit of harm going on right now. And so the logic of that ruling, whether or not it binds them if new legislation is passed, I would suggest that it's uh, certainly quite wrong-headed of, of the provincial legislature to, to essentially legislate its way around a valid court order. That's uh, troubling, to say the least. But um, I would say that the logic of the order continues to apply because there's no in-person access lawfully in Ontario. So people still can't walk to a store and purchase their medicine. So the situation that brought about the Loftchuk order um, has continued. And so um Ultimately, what it means is is that th- that case needs to be brought again, essentially with the new legislation named, and uh, we'll have to await a ruling. But again, um, that takes time. We, it, it takes time, and in order to seek interlocutory remedy, uh, we need to have a good hard look at harms, and it's our position that the harms to patients far outweigh any any harm to the province or the municipality or the federal government in regards to to the the legal status of these shops because they've been around for 20 years. So how could they suddenly say uh, the day that cannabis is legalized across the country recreationally, how could they possibly say suddenly it's uh, an irreparable harm for the shops to continue existing? It's uh, That's troubling for a variety of other reasons. Uh, competition uh, perhaps is a prevalent concern uh, from the, the government actors. But the, 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 the governing concern on my end is whether or not this community of people who've got a right to access uh, a valid program and have a right to to this medicine 
they're not able to access it. And it's difficult to get it into court in time to prevent harms to them. So, um, right, it's a, it's a tricky situation, really. The police discretion is, is the saving grace, and so I'm very hopeful the police start to think carefully about the medical cannabis community and these patients. And I'm also very hopeful, particularly in Hamilton, because of this uh, perfect storm of a court order and uh, a housing crisis, which is uh, documented. I have expert evidence in regards to Hamilton's uh, housing issues and whether or not that perfect storm is causing uh, significant harm to these patients. And it, it may you know, provide grounds and a mandate to Hamilton City Council to issue temporary use uh, zoning permits, which they have they have the authority to do. Well, there's a cause and effect here thing, Jack. I mean, because uh, an awful lot of the people that, of course, they have this prescribed, this medical marijuana prescribed, it's, it's for the management of chronic pain. Uh, and if they cannot access that uh, element of that, I mean, do they turn to opioids? I mean, is that what they're going to do? You're going to start with the fentanyl and, and a number oxycodone and things of that nature? I mean, that you're going down a dangerous road there simply because the supply has been cut off. And it's and it's legal. This is legitimate. It's it's not as if yeah. somebody's running down a dark alley and saying, give me a little bit of that stuff. Uh, well, it, it's doubly concerning because of the opioid crisis, because first, all of these people suffering from chronic pain will be draw, uh, driven to, to access opioids. But the secondary aspect of this is that if they're relying on a compassion club that's open seven days a week and they can attend there with $4.50 and access some, some cannabis to help them alleviate their chronic pain, if that shop is shut down, they're going to go to the street to access their cannabis. And when they access from a street-level dealer, that dealer also sells opioids. And so they're exposed. So all of the stated goals, of the, of the provincial legislation, as well as, as well as the federal legislation, which is to protect public health, protect people, and eradicate the black market. All of those goals are frustrated when you shut down medical cannabis compassion clubs. It falls to the municipality if they're serious about this concern, if they're serious about the opioid crisis, because I'm glad you raised that point. It's very serious, and there's uh, significant evidence that shows that cannabis helps get people off of opioids, so it's ridiculous uh, at its core. But the, the municipality... Uh, stated that they don't have jurisdictional authority to license and zone uh, for medical cannabis compassion clubs, which is, uh, in my view, incorrect. In fact, uh, uh, they've gone to court previously to fight for that right, and they've won. So I, I don't see why municipalities now would shy away from their ability to zone businesses in their jurisdiction, most especially if it has to do with serious health concerns and, and local uh, economic concerns. So the municipality of Hamilton is what's called a, a Tier 1 municipality. It's got extensive zoning powers, so they certainly shouldn't be shying away from that, most especially when uh, Hamilton is especially concerned with this issue, not just due to the housing crisis, but as you've mentioned, serious opioid issue that, that could be managed through sensible zoning bylaws for these shops. Well, uh, hopefully uh, the uh, people in the City Council are going to get schooled on this and have some sort of an understanding. Our good friend Susan Claremont, I know, wrote about it in The Spectator today, and I'm hoping that councillors will read this and uh, listen to this uh, this discussion that you and I just had and uh, get some idea of the gravity of the situation. Jack, it's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for the time today. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. I appreciate it, Bill. Take care. Take care. Jack Lloyd, or Jack Lloyd rather, representing uh, the patients with access. Over a thousand of them have already contacted him. Patients uh, that need medical marijuana, they can't access it now because of this legal mumble jumble that seems to be going on. Sad situation. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.